Daryl here. I hope you're having a fantastic day because I have some bad news for you. I didn't realize until after I recorded that I was using the incorrect microphone for this episode. So rather than hearing my crisp, sultry voice, it's instead going to sound as though I'm shouting through a blown-out radio speaker inside of a metal bathtub. Uh, sorry, fellow viewers, it won't happen again. Try to enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to Divisive Issues, the foul-mouthed, spoiler-filled comic book podcast where two comic fans and two non-comic fans talk about controversial comic books and comic book history. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. Guys, oh, guys. What, what, what did you make us read? What was this? Was, uh, why do this? So fucking long, guys. I was here Okay, for... Daryl, fuck you. You're the one that asked for Carol Danvers shit. And I, I told you it's going to be weird and awkward. You want Carol Danvers? I'll give you all. I, I wanted to know more about her history because she has a movie coming out soon. And it's like, oh, what makes this character so beloved that she gets a movie before, say, Death's Head 2 does? <laughs> well, because she's the only fucking female character with her own book at, at the moment. So that's probably why. Yeah, I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to give Black Widow a movie. Uh, supposedly I heard there's a movie or my, that I fantasize that. Well, it's not out yet, so... <laughs> uh, hot take, she's boring. Black <laughs> yeah, Widow or so, Carol Danvers? Uh, hot Black take, Widow. both. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree, I think I like Carol. Uh, I like I Carol a lot, but probably not in this episode. <laughs> what, what, like, what, 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 what happened? Uh, she, what, what, she fly what, and strong? That good. No, not just that. We read Avengers 200, and this is apparently a very infamous comic, and I actually, spoilers... I knew about this going in, uh, but I'd heard it rationalized away as that, like, uh, it was, like, brainwashed, and it was, like, magic or science. I was reading this and just was so, thought it was so strange the entire time. I'm like, what the yes. hell is this? Yeah, yeah. So, well, one thing I just want to say before we give, like, the in-universe context or whatever, I have gotten many requests, and we as a show have gotten several requests to do this comic both from the Joe years or the Joe months or however long that yeah, was. Yeah, you said the Silver Age or the, the yeah. Joe lifetimes. <laughs> yeah, the Silver Age with Joe. People were like, you gotta do Avengers 200. Recently, people were like, the movie's coming out, you gotta do Avengers 200. And I was like, I don't know. Because like we've also gotten requests that was like, hey, can you so guys... The movie's coming out. The movie's coming out. We're going to have to do the worst fucking moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was also torn because we also got requests, hey, you guys have done a lot of episodes in a row about like female characters getting like sexually violated. Maybe tone down. Let's do the one where she, let's do the one where she gets the most sexy. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna do this, but then we were like, okay, we want to talk about how Carol like had a rocky start and then like came into her own more as a character as we go through the next couple episodes. So here we are. We got to talk about Avengers 200. <laughs> so to quickly sum up this era, Miss Marvel had her series get canceled around this time, and she was on the Avengers pretty much to hype up her own book, which is like why a lot of people are on Avengers. And when she was canceled, they're like, why is she on this book? Let's get rid of her like as fast as possible. And they really didn't give a fuck how they did that, which is how we got... Oh, really? I couldn't, can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so in another universe, this would have been the last Carol Danvers story. And you could tell they wanted this to be the last Carol Danvers story, the way they framed it. So, And one thing that I, I do want to just mention is when this issue came out, a lot of Marvel creators at the time were like, whoa, this sucks <laughs> and is bad. Oh, yeah, we should mention uh, Jim Shooter, the guy who wrote this, and the brainchild behind this was the editor at the time. It was like, this was like Marvel's head, head trolling this. And uh, just the following year, in about 12 or 13 issues, this is also when he have has Hank Pym uh, punch Janet, his mm. wife, in the face. So, you know, Jim Shooter has a, a history of maybe not being the best. But the reason why I bring up the other writers is because Miss Marvel's book at the time of cancellation was written by one Christopher Claremont. We'll get to that. We'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, we'll get to that. 
now the other stuff makes a little more sense. <laughs> yeah, so when this came out, it wasn't like, Jim Shooter was like, let's get rid of Carol. But it's not like Marvel as a whole was like, this is the right direction. <laughs> yeah, not everyone was on board with the direction that this yeah. goes in. Which I would hope yeah. that they wouldn't be. <laughs> so, <laughs> God, there's a lot of words on this page. So it opens... Oh, this is the 80s. There's lots of words on every page. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, right. yes. And so this is... There's a million people on this these credits, but it's Jim Shooter's, like, is the main creative mm. force behind it. And it opens with a medical examination laboratory with a Dr. Don Blake, the Thor secret identity, and a robot helping Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel, give birth while the rest of the team waits outside and paces like, you know, like a dad in a what hospital. What is Thor's, Dr. Blake, what is his uh, specialization? Uh, medicine. He is a doctor. <laughs> in comics, if you know one type of science, you know all types of science. Yeah. It's the fact that even specify he's a doctor and they made him do doctor stuff is a wonder for uh, <laughs> Yeah, and just so in case you care, the team lineup is Wonder Man, Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, Beast, uh, Vision, and Scarlet Witch, and Jocasta the Robot. So, so <laughs> when did Wonder Man originate? Because did they like did Marvel make him to try and snatch up the Wonder Man property before DC could? Oh yeah, actually yes, actually what, what happened. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, I'm starting to learn. <laughs> we should learn it quickly. We should explain Wonder Man quickly, just because he will show up later on, and we will have to explain eventually. Uh, Wonder Man is kind of like uh, the booster gold of Marvel. He's like a Hollywood superhero. Mm-hmm. He, he actually is an actor in his, in his part-time. And uh, he is actually made up of energy, which will be important yeah. in the next, next story. He, he's actually uh, physically energy. I looked up just a little bit of background of him. And he was a, he originated like as a villain, and then he became like a, a main guy. But he, he's human in nature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he has a very complicated history. Basically, he's created... As a one-off, it's just like they need a, a character to die, show up and die. Basically, yeah. he basically shows up a villain and dies as a redemption arc. Then mm-hmm. they they start bringing him back like in weird ways because they wanted to keep the license, I guess. Yeah. And like Vision is actually based off Wonder Man's mind. Well, Vision is kind is kind of like a, oh Vision. weird. Vision's humanity is based off Wonder Man. Yeah. So like in the movies, when Vision is made, he's like Jarvis's mind. Yes. It's basically yeah. that, but Wonder Man. Okay. Yeah, but eventually, Wonder Man came back because Jarvis is just an old butler in Marvel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So we find out that Carol Danvers is in there giving uh, giving birth, even though she was just fa- they just found out she was pregnant three issues ago in one ninety seven. Yeah, not just three issues. Didn't they say like three days? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's been three days, and uh, so <laughs> it's weird. Everything's normal. She gives birth normally. She doesn't feel any pain. Wait, wait. When you like, say when you say it's normal, I mean like the procedure. Is I, I know, but I know, but I just want to clarify real quick because people people said this about this issue, and I thought they're overhyping it. Miss Marvel acts like you should be. You should act. She's like, "What the fuck is happening to my body? Somebody yeah. use my body to harvest this fucking uh, creature inside of me." And everyone else is like, "Oh, look at the baby, coochie coochie coo, so cute." Yeah. They're like, "They're so excited she's pregnant. She's gonna give birth." Yeah. And everyone else. Is yeah, like, that's the main thing. Uh, Janet, the wasp, is like, "I wanted to congratulate the parent parent after the baby is born. It's really a beautiful baby, Carol. You're so lucky. Lucky wasp. Think about what you just said. I've been used. That isn't my baby. I don't even know who the father is. So if you want to help me, please." Just leave me alone. But the rest of the team spends all this time just like, what a cute baby. Yeah. Literally, like, fucking all the scientists and fucking, like, Captain America, the this, uh, responsible Avenger, they're all like, kushy, kushy, cool, <laughs> fucking baby. Yeah. And even, like, at one point, Janet is talking to Jocasta, who's a robot, and she's like, don't worry, you're not the only one who doesn't understand why people are upset. I think humans are complicated, too. And then, Daryl, I know that you <laughs> wanted to mention this scene, even though it doesn't matter. It yeah. cuts to Hawkeye and Beast playing pool. <laughs> yeah, and then 
then Hawkeye, like, he does, like, a trick shot, and Beast is like, wow, double or nothing? And then he takes out a, a TI-59 calculator and types... Uh, top of the line from Texas <laughs> <Yeah>. Instruments. <laughs> and then types in, like, the trajectory... I don't know how he's doing this on a single, like, uh, output calculator. But the trajectory <laughs> yeah. of how he's supposed to hit the ball so every ball goes in the holes. And Hawkeye's like, wow, well, I've been sharked. And I'm like... I just mentioned to them that this, like, offended me more than something like, say, Harley Quinn beating the Trinity. is <laughs> because this is such a small, dumb thing to happen that brushes by. I'm like, no, this, like, this doesn't happen. You don't have someone that's like, I'm the most precise. This is, like, a, a minor example of comics where someone gets jobbed out. Hawkeye's whole thing is, uh, a uh, aim, and Beast just beats him in pool. Seems kind of weird to me. Which, which again, when you go into this so ludicrous territory where a normal human, like, beats Superman at, like, arm wrestling, I'm like, this is so dumb that I'm interested in why this is so dumb. But here, I'm just like, <laughs> this Hawkeye has good aim, but it doesn't mean he's good at calculating, like, uh... Ricochet, I guess he, he is. He has to be. <laughs> yeah, he has to be. How, how are you going to get trick shots off of how Ricochet is? But Hawkeye's weakness is that he doesn't have a TI-59. Oh, also, yeah, gotta... Beast, Beast is like, okay, I, he can calculate all those things. He doesn't have... Does he have the execution to perform that exactly? No, no he way. He has pretty yeah. good reflexes. He did, but, like, but, like, no way, like, better than Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... And, and, and just for fun, uh, explain how you think of... What do you think of Beast in this era of Avengers, by the way, Ryan? I find him pretty annoying yeah. here. <laughs> because all he does, he's just there for comedic... The way Ryan said to me, Ryan said... You like Beast in this era? And I'm like, yeah, I like Beast in this era. And he said, really? He's really fucking annoying. That's what, that's what All he does is just, like, crack jokes without any substance. Like, even here, Hawkeye's like, well, I've been sharked. And Beast is like, they don't call me the Peter Benchley of 42nd Street for nothing, pal. One, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Two, nobody ever calls him that. That's why I find it funny because it reminds me of Ryan. And Ryan's like, I hate myself. Fuck Beast. <laughs> it's also when the baby's born. Beast goes, all right. <laughs> at like, one point, what? at one point, he fights a bunch of, like, Native Americans and he's Says, looks like it's time for a game of poke a haunt. Yeah, yeah I noticed that. Really Come on, mad enough. <laughs> but ironically, this is the era that made. This is why Beast is still around because actually got canceled and Beast stuck around because of this depiction. So ironically, the era that uh, made Beast popular is the one that Ryan he's. Yeah, about. it's yeah. just weird to see him like cracking jokes a lot, whereas like he was a lot more like proper in yeah, like the, the, the X Men yeah, animated yeah, yeah, yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny because when um, when he was with the Avengers, he's a goofball. When he's with the X Men, he's more the one you know the, the core. Yeah, he's like the brainiac. I mean, not the core, yeah. um, the brainiac. Yes, the brainiac. But yeah, yes. uh, sorry, tangent over. Uh, oh no, to that's baby. okay. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it's not a baby anymore. Now it's like a toddler. Yeah, so even though it's been a little while, the kid already has started to... He's much larger in size, and it, while... It, it was never a baby. If you have someone who just becomes randomly pregnant, and three days later they're ready to give birth, <laughs> that's an alien, like, thing gonna burst yeah, out of you. Yeah, like, you yeah. you yeah. kill it. Uh, yeah. It looks human for all intents and purposes, Phil. It doesn't matter. <laughs> also, it's not uh, a baby. Just, I know that this is comics, and this is how it works, but we have Don Blake in a doctor's outfit with, like, a stethoscope and everything, doing tests on this baby, while you have Hank Pym in full yellow jacket <laughs> costume with antennas and huge shoulder pads, also giving the kid a physical? Just put on a fucking lamp coat. <laughs> well, just so you know, it's, it's fucking yellow jacket. You wouldn't know it's uh, uh, yellow jacket if he wasn't wearing the yellow jacket costume. I mean, 
granted, if he was out of costume, he would just be like a kind of buff guy with yellow hair. He would look exactly the same. Yeah, him, him and Don Blake would exactly like both blonde haired guys. You're right, you're right. So now this kid starts growing and all of a sudden he starts to speak. He he has his wide blue eyes and a single whispered word, ch- change. So then we get some we get some cuts of just people around New York that are seeing that all of a sudden there's different times popping up. So like one guy's just in like like these, eras, like, not just like yeah. times. Because yeah. a guy comes out of the New York subway and he's in like London. Like, no, he's oh, in yeah. New York. Oh, I think, oh in, like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Like, and woman yeah. goes to get the mail and she's in the dining store. I saw store, Top Hat and Kane. I thought London. I guess I'm like present day <laughs> London. And then we get another scene of Wonder Man uh, with Carol Danvers, and he's just like Janet, where he's like, hey, why don't you come see your son? And she's like, he's not my son. I don't want anything to do with that thing. And he's like, come on. We, 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 we are connecting with Jan- uh, with Miss um, Marvel here, but the mm-hmm. reaction is supposed to be that she's being irresponsible here and not wanting to meet her baby. She's not embracing baby. motherhood, people. Yeah. Skin to skin contact is a Even big though deal. it's not about her embracing mother later on, it's about her fucking her son later on. That's really <laughs> yeah. that's, that was why I said earlier how I was so weirded out by this whole thing. I'd never heard of this issue before. And I'm just going through this and I'm like, there's obviously an alien bursting out of her. It's growing really fast and they're all treating it like it's a little like fun, happy thing. Uh-huh. And then she fucks him. Yeah, and after, now, now that the toddler can speak, uh, Captain America asks him, who's your dad? And he says, I am my own father. Yeah, it's so we're, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves, guys. This, this happens organically and it, it makes sense in context of the story, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, where did you come from? My mother. Well, how are you conceived? My father. And who is your father? I am. <laughs> yeah. And then and then when Captain America's like, that's kind of crazy, Iron Man just says, why don't we just let him, go? like, let's leave it at that. It's like, no, what? You ask more. <laughs> no, not just that. He's asking for tools to build a machine. And Iron Man's like, we should see what kind of machine he's going to build. <laughs> I just yeah. couldn't, I couldn't believe the stupidity of the Avengers here. Where not only did they let this alien baby live, but then when he's like, I need to make a nuclear weapon, he's like, well, let's <laughs> yeah. see what kind he makes. And, and, and also, and to, and to feed it the same thing. Hawkeye's the only one that's even remotely questioning this, 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 this machine <laughs> yeah. this guy's building. Yeah. And Hawkeye's supposed to be the crazy one. Like, everyone's like, what's wrong with you, Hawkeye? Why don't you trust this machine created by this freak alien? baby yeah meanwhile uh while iron man's just like let's let this baby build machines and hawkeye's like this seems kind of fucked up you get the uh definitely not annoying beast bringing all sorts of sports equipment (laughs) singing take me out to the ball game buy me a whole bunch of food Good one, Beast. He, he, I guess he is me. <laughs> yeah, come on. I, that's why I liked him, because like, this is Ryan right here. <laughs> that's why but Sly, you don't like me. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. No, but he likes a characterized like version of you that he doesn't have to put up with. <laughs> yeah, if, if you, you were blue for... and like, fought yeah, villains, I would yeah. like you. And then, you know, we get the, like Sly said, the woman with the dinosaurs. She just won like the lottery or something, and all of a sudden there's dinosaurs and she passes out. I don't know. It seems like a weird detail to throw in there. But now Don Blake sees that this kid is now older and buying these huge machines. He's like, I should probably be Thor. This seems kind of weird. <laughs> and then they introduce Miss Marvel to her baby, but now he's a man, and he's looking at her like, hey, mom. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Because it gets so we're on, weird. We're on Pornhub now. Yeah. Cause he's, like, wait, he's like, wait, nothing but a tunic, by the way. Or... Not a tunic, a, a, like a loincloth. Yeah, loincloth. because they apparently didn't give this child that's growing exponentially fast clothes they're just like keep wearing the, like your baby bib <laughs> and, and then, what's weird is she walks in there and as she sees him it says the narration says for as she steps forward to face the slender young man who awaits her she feels instead an odd sense of calm along with an unexplainable and undeniable attraction and then he says hello mother so you're already like oh no like, where's and he is going? so no, no. like Jim Shooter wants you to be like oh yeah just a weird romantic moment <laughs> but, so 
there's a myriad of artists on this book, but the main one is George Perez. And I feel like the artist gets that this guy's definitely a villain because this guy has like a goatee and a cur- well, curled he, eyebrows. He's designed after the Time Lord or whoever his real dad like, is. Immortus. Oh, that's true. Like Immortus, yeah. He's like fucking Satan, by the way. Yeah. And also, he's in like just undies and he's like, hey, mom, yeah. what's up? We have. As the time zones are colliding, the Avengers go off to fight a bunch of people, like Scarlet yeah, Witch. And dinosaurs. A bunch of dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah and they fight Scarlet Witch, dinosaurs attack the city, mm-hmm. a bunch of... Okay, oh, then when the Native Americans attack, and Beast says, oh, Pocahontas time. Yeah. <laughs> and then Hawkeye's like, hold up, uh, this kid that grew up into a man is building a machine, and, like, those two things have to be correlated, so I'm gonna go blow up yeah, that and, machine. Yeah, and Captain America's like, we don't know for sure, you better wait and see, and Hawkeye's <laughs> like, a baby is, like, aging super fast, and time is going crazy. This is definitely his <laughs> yeah. fault. Yeah. And so they break into his machine room, and where they're... Well, Hawkeye, break, Hawkeye breaks him by, breaks him by yeah. himself. Yeah, and Hawkeye's, Hawkeye... Hawkeye's a bad guy in the scenario, as Jim Shooter presents yeah. it. Yeah, he, he shoots an arrow and it blows up the machine, and he's like, no, no, I have... He actually, he walks in and he, uh, Marcus, who's the kid, oh, knocks right. out Miss Marvel. So it already looks like he is pretty, like, he's a bad dude. And then after the machine's destroyed, he's like, I'm gonna kill you, Hawkeye. He, uh, he says, forgive me, mother, forgive me, my love. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he's like, no, I didn't. I want someone to kill you, Hawkeye, to, to, for you, so you could kill me back, so, so I don't have to live on this planet anymore, because... I'm going to disrupt. I'm disrupting this reality with my existence. So you have to you have to kill me in order to stop me from disrupting reality, basically. And then we get all this fucking backstory about. Oh how my god, it's this huge exposition. He was run. the son of Immortus, and Immortus is the guy who lives in, in limbo, this place outside of time. He time fucked, Lord. He, he 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 grabbed this woman out of time and fucked her and made her pregnant, Marcus. And Marcus was all alone. Yeah, he had sex with a lady on the Titanic. He brought her to Limbo. And then <laughs> yeah. they had Marcus. And then Marcus is like, I want to be able to live on Earth because I'm lonely here in Limbo. Like, that's why the Time Lord went and banged a woman. It's because he's like, no. I want... So he my control. He took Miss Marvel, my controller, and had her have sex with him over and over okay. again. Okay. Does he say my This control? is so weird because it says... Let me find the exact phrasing. Well, Daryl looks at that. I just want to say that it's not even like Jim Shooter had been building this Immortus story or anything. He's referencing an Immortus story from 60 issues ago. That's five years, if not longer. There is, like, he's just pulling up this random continuity thing, and it's like, let's make this even fucking weirder. Like... Uh, so, it's not even it, like it's in a, it's it's just terrible. So, so you're, trying, you're trying to use continuity to make it seem purposeful, but it's really just arbitrary. What the fuck? Explanation yeah. So I, I was trying to make sense of the story as I was reading it, and like it says in the narration bubble, like the Time Lord used his machine. It doesn't specify how. It's just like I used machines to seduce the lady from the Titanic. So then Marcus brings Miss Marvel there, like teleports her there, and says, "Well, I knew of Amortis's devices could bend your will to mine. I didn't want you that way, and so I set about winning you." And then he like summons Shakespeare to write like a sonnet. And... But, but like he, he like kidnaps her from from her dimension. He traps her in yeah. limbo, and then he's like, "You gotta fuck me." And and then it says, "Finally, after relative weeks of such efforts, and admittedly with a subtle boost from Amortis's machines." So I was like, "Hold up, are you like saying you didn't?" use the machines but like i just turned it on to like power one of five yeah that's the thing is that's the line that makes this so fucked up because before it was just pretty fucked up no it's a, but, it's it's i i don't think there's even a difference it's like sly saying it's like that episode of it's always sunny with the implication when you take someone <laughs> to another dimension where that's they true, can't that's leave true. and you're like uh one day you'll fuck me and they're like i guess I have to. <laughs> well yeah. no they, they they do the dirty right here because he's like he has to implant his essence into her so he can be <sighs> reborn on earth 
in order to be an, like an earthling and not have like the time lord effects right so he fucked her just so he could impregnate her with himself yes yes literally and then reborn himself but but the thing is like it's very i, I totally agree with your like implication analogy it's just instead of a boat it's you're in limbo where time stands still <laughs> yeah. but like it's super fucked up but then for some reason, he has to include a line where he like sets it up where he's like, "I didn't, I didn't use this machine to convince you to sleep with me," and then he's like, "But I, I used did it though. a little, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, a little, just a little bit, you know." But yeah, like, what? It's just a subtle touch. It's just very bad, That's guys. This is hot take. This is bad. Yeah. Then he's like, "I gotta go back to my dimension." Miss Marvel's like, "No, I love you now." And everyone, everyone, he's like, "Oh, clearly this is love," and now it's fucking Stockholm syndrome by being kidnapped by this guy. That's what's so him. crazy. But even she's like, she goes, "No, Marcus, you won't be alone." I may I mean that while I still don't know what I felt for you in limbo, some of that feeling still lingers. Oh, because he also mind wiped her, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. And that combined with the fact that by some bizarre logic, you are my child, makes me feel closer to you than I've felt to anyone in a long, long time. <laughs> and I think that just might be a relationship worth giving a chance. So I'm returning to limbo with you. And at first Iron Man's like, Are you sure? Yeah. And she's like, Not entirely, but I've been denying my feelings for quite a while. Maybe it's time I started following them. Say goodbye to the others for me, will you? I love Iron Man's response. He says, but I mean, I mean, uh, well, uh, I guess I could. Like, all right, like, sure, just get captured. And then, and then Thor is like, let me transport you there. And he starts this, like, a teleportation Mjolnir thing. They teleport there, and the rest of the Avengers were like, I, I, I just, I guess we've got to believe that everything worked out oh, for the best. Happy. And I hope that Miss Marvel lives happily ever after. <laughs> what? What? Okay. What a happy ending. So, like, I don't get it because there's so many ways you can remove Miss Marvel from the story without having to include incest and rape. It's almost like this is the worst <laughs> possible idea they could I have. I just, I don't know why it needed to go down this way. Like, he, they didn't even need to be in love. He could just be like, I need to bore, like, I like the idea that he, like, need to bear himself into reality through a human woman to live in that reality. I'm like, okay, I'm on board with that. But then it's like, have that happen, and then they destroy the machine so that he has to go back, and he's like, I have to go back. And then she's like, I want to, like, since you've never had a mother, like, stay with you, I will try and stay with you, or something dumb like that. And that would make sense. I don't know why you need to turn it into love, too. Like, I don't... Because that's I, a I romantic love story, happy ending. But... Yeah. <laughs> I'm... But... Uh, it didn't need it! Alright, so, we, like we, we said... super bad. We're not the only ones that felt this way. One person who felt this way was Chris Claremont. <laughs> was, who's, Chris Claremont was a writer for Miss Marvel before it got cancelled. Yeah, he, he wrote it, like... it. We read issue one, he took over for issue three, and wrote it the whole way until issue 23 when it was cancelled. Mm-hmm. So, like, if anyone was considered the, like, Carol writer at the time, it was Chris Claremont. And he and and uh, he actually like, he was the one that like made her like lose the connection to Captain Marvel like she's the reason why she dropped the Captain Marvel costume and he also introduced a, a running plot which was the first appearance of Mystique from from the X Men mm-hmm. uh, Mystique first appeared in Miss Marvel mm-hmm. and there was a, uh, there was an ongoing plot he was building up but the series got canceled before he could finish it oh because as we read through these comics a lot of times it's like Mystique don't let your hatred for Carol Danvers eat at you yeah. and I'm like what why why does she hate Miss yeah. Marvel so one of the one of the problems too that Marvel had at the time was because they canceled the book, some ideas that Chris Claremont had written in there weren't published until, like, like a decade later. <laughs> yeah. So we had debated covering that issue, but I feel like if we're going to talk about Carol Danvers and how she gets tossed from book to book, it works better to just see how all of a sudden she's here and Mystique fucking hates her. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, the comic is Avengers Annual number 10. Yeah, from 1981. And the funny thing about this fucking comic is, uh, you could tell it was written by somebody who was not writing Avengers at the time, and who fucking hated, kind of, like, was bitter at the Avengers and what they did to Carol. Do you know, I didn't I didn't realize this was Chris Claremont, but after reading this, I'm like, that was so awesome. It felt like an <laughs> X-Men book that I read. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh. It's because it was, like, it was, it was, it was X-Men with the Avengers skin on it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the cover is showing much how bitter Chris Cameron was. The cover is see Captain America totally defeated, witness the invisible Iron Man knocked out of Avenger, uh, out of action, and then it's just like, oh, she check out the X Men on the situation. Isn't that cool? It's like, it's like Avengers get to ask X Men show up and be cool. That's, that's the <laughs> yeah, and that's why I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, X Men. <laughs> and one of the reasons why this issue is important is this is also the first appearance of Rogue. Yeah, it is yes. So it, w- it wasn't supposed to be, but because of uh, <laughs> yeah, Miss Marvel's canceled. Uh, Rogue's first appearance was this. But uh, so this is all told in flashback. What happened to Miss Marvel? So Miss Marvel falls off the Golden Gate Bridge, and she gets saved by Spider Woman, who's another character. Chris Claremont did this a lot in in the eighties. A lot of characters were used and just dropped by Marvel. Like Spider Man was Spider Woman was created to maintain a license too. She, they wanted to get the Spider Woman license oh before God. she lost it. And and, 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 and then they, they canceled her series too. So Chris Claremont was like, "Why let this one of the few female characters we have yeah. just go to yeah. waste?" And he made her like a, a supporting character next one too. He was, she was really instrumental in this story. Yeah. Like they kept bringing like, and they kept calling her "Yes, Dark Angel." And I'm like, "That's yeah. such a weird title." <laughs> yeah. uh, so her powers are are different from Spider Man though. She can fly and shoot a venom blast. Like I think it's um, it's like a like, laser, uh, right? Like a laser. Yeah. 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 Out of her so, she, so she saves Carol. She's falling off the Golden Gate Bridge, but she doesn't. She know. doesn't know she's Carol. Yeah, she she just sees a blonde girl falling off the Golden Gate Bridge yeah. and grabs her. Yeah, she's a, so she's a Jane Doe, and the doctors say she probably has brain damage because she has no memory whatsoever. But then they call a Professor X because they need somebody who can help like with lost memories. So they call Professor X and the X Men, and we get all these all the X Men showing up and be like, "Hey!" It's just a classic Chris Claremont X Men scene where it's like, "Here's a bunch of X Men just using their powers to do stuff." Yeah, they're fixing the danger room and they're all doing stuff. I love this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And uh, we cut to Captain America, who just get his first appearance is him just getting the fuck knocked the fuck out the rogue. He's like, fuck Captain Cap- America, fuck you. You don't even know it's rogue at, at, for the first panel. It's just him just blasting through a wooden panel, and his face is like all like, like yeah. knocked out. Yeah. And Rogue explains her powers, like, ah, I'm Rogue, I can absorb people by touching their skin. I didn't and we, we learn that she has possessed all of Miss Marvel's memories and her powers. <clears throat> so she has basically absorbed all of Carol Danvers. Yeah, and then she thro- fucking throws Captain America through the Avengers mansion. <laughs> and while that is happening, we see what happens, how Iron Man gets taken now. Basically, Mystique pretends to be the Wasp. And she's like, actually, I'm Mystique, fuck you, Iron Man. And she puts the thing to Zabel's armor. And uh, Thor, I, I think this is bullshit, but... Uh, uh, Thor, I agree. This, uh, Thor should, this is Thor, so funny how this is. This is the works. stupidest part. It's I was so like, good. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Thor gets Thor, uh, gets uh, ambushed too by Rogue, and Spider Man comes in to try to help him. He doesn't get ambushed. Transfer- he flies down and is like, hmm, like Captain America is defeated. Let me turn into Dr. Blake for a second, yeah. and Rogue's behind yeah. him the whole time and karate chops him in the back of the head. Because he's like, he needs a doctor. I mean, there's <laughs> definitely no one else who can be a doctor yeah. in this world. Yeah. Like, as if he, he, you're the only, you're not the only doctor, but you're the only Thor. Like, yeah, you're the only Thor. That's a good yeah. point. And it, but it's, it doesn't matter anyway, because he, he changes back uh, when Spider-Man saves him. And Rogue absorbs his power, which is complete bullshit. Uh, it's, it's very established in a lot of other comics. Like when she fights the Juggernaut, Rogue can absorb magical powers. But well, and for what it's worth, this is her first appearance. Yeah. There were no rules established. But in yet. this comic, they say that she can't absorb non-humans, right? Yeah. And, it's very, and he's not human. Yeah. It's, in, oh, in he this comic. He's, half, he's half human. There you go. There's your uh, exception. Plausible deniability. <laughs> All right. Okay. 
But uh, but that's that's kind of how Rogue starts uh, steamrolling over the Avengers. Which is another reason why you can tell Chris Claremont doesn't like the Avengers because he fucking Rogue by herself just wrecks all of the Avengers. Uh, one shit. thing I do want to say though yeah. is that she does mention throughout that she has all of Carol Danvers' memories, so she knows how all the Avengers fight, all their power sets, all their weaknesses. To counter that point though, Ryan, the, Chris Claremont also points out that no one really knew Carol, so how, she, Carol didn't know, barely knew them, that's but she true. knew all their secrets. Carol's like Batman. She was planning to take everyone out. <laughs> the thing is, it is it is like uh, these ambush operations by a you know like by someone they don't know about. And Mystique is on the case here too, right? This is the one with yeah. also, with Vision, with what's her name? Uh, uh this Destiny. Destiny. Uh, Destiny is a character who uh, as a Brotherhood of Evil Mutants member who is Mystique's lover and she has the power to see a future. So she coordinates all of the. Yeah, uh, I'm like this is this is like a legit like yeah. uh, special forces like. Yeah, yeah, and and if you ever play like a game like a, a, a PvP game, when somebody steamrolls you, he can get dropped on you. He can steamroll. He can snowball yeah. pretty fast. Sly's been playing a lot of Overwatch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> tilted. They're they're all going in one at a time instead of together. Yeah, yeah. This is what happens basically. They all come trying to feed. They're coming trying to like one mission comes in like Vicious comes in trying to save Thor, and Rogue uses him as a door uh, door as a shield and beats up the Vision. Yeah, Rogue's just yeah. being Hansa right now, just shooting everyone in the head one at a time. Yeah. I gotta and say, I never, I never knew about, I never knew who Wonder Man was, and I'm like, he's pretty cool. Really, yeah, Wonder I, Man's I, I, awesome. Actually, low key, Wonder Man's one of my favorite Avengers, but he's cool. He's made of energy. Yeah, he is. He's fucking badass. But um, that is fucking badass. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm agreeing uh, with Sly I, feel like, I feel like he didn't do enough in the story to make me feel like this is a cool part of this team. I'm like, I, I know it's, it's funny because they do, they do have him. They have like Rogue running to him, and she can't absorb his powers. Like, what is it? Yeah. What is this? He's made of energy. I can't absorb his powers, but she kicks his ass anyway, so it's no big deal anyway. Yeah. But I still think, like, visually, like, that his eyes are, made, are like, fucking ionic energy and shit like that. I think it yeah. covers up with sunglasses, but whatever. Uh, so she, Rogue makes her escape while everyone's disoriented, and they have a meeting to talk about Carol. It's basically just a recap of Avengers 200. Guys, can you explain to me how, in this team, does Hawkeye fit the power level of anyone else on this team? The funny thing is, Hawkeye fucking saves their ass at I know, and yeah. I'm like, this is bullshit, because you have, like, li- a literal god, you have a witch wait, who can do whatever she wants. Wait, why not Captain America? Hawkeye at least fights at a distance so that he's, like, yeah. very useful at knocking fair. people out. I agree, Captain I've always America agreed. I've always thought... that, like, doesn't get him killed. That's his power. In, in defense of that, soon after this... The Hawkeye started his own Avengers where he took on like the Captain America role of like team leader and strategist. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. he works better That's in that role. Better. I think Cap is bullshit too. Yeah. And also, and also yeah. Hawkeye, I, I, the reason why Hawkeye is one of my favorite Avengers, like, like top three, is because Hawkeye is the, the everyman in Avengers among, amongst gods. So he's always having to think, think of crafty ways to beat his enemies while Thor can just punch people, which is why usually Hawkeye is usually the, the smartest one in every fight. And what I feel like he's like very close to Green Arrow. Maybe I haven't read enough stuff about oh, them independently. Yeah, he's a hot-headed jackass that yells at everybody and is insecure. He is good. <laughs> no, but the, but the, but the, the funny thing about Hawkeye good. is uh, the one thing the cool thing about Hawkeye is he starts out very Green Arrow, where he's like, I do my own thing. Yeah. But Captain America basically rubs off on him. Uh-huh. So when you read later, uh, uh, Hawkeye, he's way more heroic. He kind of does inverse Green Arrow. He becomes more yeah. heroic over time because Captain America teaches him what a hero should be, and he. Be- where Green Arrow becomes more like political and relatable, so they do kind of like diverge. There. Yeah. Okay. So they talk about Carol and and what happened to her, and you're like, we barely knew her, but somehow she knows all our secrets. Also, we let her get abducted. Yeah, and, but they're like, oh, they're like, how how's she back? How did Rogue Powers? We thought she was in limbo, having a happy ending. <laughs> and they go fight the Brotherhood. And they fight I, I have to say, this this chapter was the coolest part of the story to me. Because yeah. they have a prison break in the superhuman like prison, mm-hmm. and they and I was like, how, wow, you know, how could this be so easy to break into? But it's not like Arkham where it's just a literal jail cell. Like they have like this 
energy field that holds all of them in. And there's, e there's which, even reverse. Which they destroy by dropping the paralyzed Iron Man in his armor. I love that. I love that because I'm like, it's so cool because he's, he's always like, I have the densest metals or whatever. And, and, and we should, we should, that's one of the thing Chris Cameron is always best to have. A lot of fights, like with Bendis, whenever he has fights, everyone just, just makes quips while they punch people. Chris Cameron has a chain of events to his story. Yeah. 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 And, and, and uh, Vision or whatever her name is. Not Vision. Fuck. Destiny. Destiny. Destiny, Destiny yeah. Uh, Destiny is able to tell them in advance that this is going to happen so that the, like, Blob, Pyro, and Avalanche are all ready to bust out. And then you have this scene that is, like, this is when I was like, this is just like X-Men, where you have, <laughs> it's it's like Avengers Assemble, but it's, like, it's a fucking X-Men shot. Of, yeah. Like, them all jumping out of the Quinjet. You have Vision yeah. and, you know, whatever. And they yeah. have this really cool fight where they're all using their powers in mm -hmm. like they're fighting as a team which is probably what drew me to it that's the thing too is i know phil you always like poke fun at claremont's writing style when it's like they're always explaining everything all the time and like when uh nightcrawler is like i don't have yeah. time to bamf out of the way but like part of the reason why he does that is because he could do these ensemble fights yeah. where you have the brotherhood which is like the blob avalanche pyro all these characters that people don't necessarily know fighting all these avengers that people don't necessarily know and even though it's very wordy you still right away you're like i know what everybody's power is what everybody's role in this fight is yep. and how this whole fight is coming together it, it was i thought this was a really really great example of how to do a fight where you have multiple heroes and villains involved and every other thing we've read it's just like they go in one at a time and get punched one at a time or they just it's everyone punching each other doing one-liners like Sly said yeah yeah I feel like a lot of the fights we've read or maybe I'm just thinking of like Civil War recently a lot of it's like way more mindless and it's just like cool shots of people yeah. doing stuff whereas here it's like specifically you have Destiny letting Beast knock out Pyro so that like a building will fall on top of Beast and also knock him out Cause yeah because she, yeah. she can see the future so she knows it's worth it to let Pyro get knocked out in order to take out Beast as well. I love how no, I love how no one dies in these fucking fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always the thing in, in superhero comics. Yeah. But uh, like we said, like I said Hawkeye's the one that sees the ball because he's, he takes out the fucking Sonic Arrow and knocks out Destiny, mm -hmm. and that's yeah. when it starts turning the, the tide of battle. It, it's really cool. It was definitely one of the things where I was trying to think back to like older comics because they still like I was thinking of like old Golden Age like Superman comics where they explain it's like oh and then I hold up this thing and I was trying to think about what makes this so much better because this was a really interesting fight it's because they're using their powers in conjunction with each other and even though they are explaining a bit it's not just like and i'm gonna hold this and i have a secret weapon it's like yeah, my power that you already know about yeah. here's how i'm using it in an interesting way so superman's yeah. like i will spit out a clone of myself out of my yeah, nose or, or when they when it's like a power that they're just using in a boring way like i use my this is my heat vision it's burning you yeah and one yeah. thing that turns the tide of battle is spider-woman uh saves iron man he takes off the, the thing that's disabling him and now the fight is uh, is against rogue because rogue uh, has Wonder Woman, Iron Man, Wonder Man, Iron Man, <laughs> and Vision uh, fighting against him, and she can't absorb any of the powers. Uh, so she's like, let's retreat. Let's, like, yeah, she's also her. losing the power over time. Yeah, yeah. The, the power. She only she stole Miss Marvel's permanently, accidentally. Yeah, but she only had Caps and Thor's. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Why, why why didn't she take theirs permanently? Because she held on to Carol Danvers a lot longer. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying, why didn't she do it on purpose? Because she also gets their memories, which oh, really yeah. messes she with her head. Like, right. She didn't yeah. mean to do that to Carol. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll I see it later on. She doesn't like the fact she absorbs Marvel's power. It's like, right here, she's reveling in, like, ah, I got Miss Marvel's powers, eat my shit, Avengers. But it turns <laughs> out, it's tormenting on her side because now she has all of Carol's memories, and it's like two people inside of her, mm -hmm. permanently. Yeah. But yeah, so, so finally, this uh, Rogue and the rest of the make their getaway. Uh, while the Avengers uh, capture Pyro and Avalanche uh, in the meantime. And the Blob. They, they, and the blob they form quicksand around it by like adding water and dust and dirt. Also, the sound effect is Blorf, <laughs> which is one of my absolute favorites. <laughs> 
I also like Pyro. Pyro is really cool. Okay. Yeah. Is he yeah, amazing? This this giant like explosion and phoenix thing, and then yeah. Scarlet Witch is turning it into stone at the same time. You get this really cool like, yeah. full page shot. That's my favorite part. Uh, uh, Scarlet Witch has uh, hex powers, so while Pyro's making a fucking flame dragon, Scarlet Witch is throwing hex blasts and making sure to fucking stone. And it's like a by hex powers, she can change like probabilities. Like this is yeah. Probably yeah, her hex power is kind of stone. always dumb. She no, she breaks it into like the probability. Like, what's the probability of fire turns into stone? Now it's the hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. One of the things that I've always liked about Pyro is he actually doesn't have the power to make fire. He can yeah. only manipulate yeah. fire that's already there. Like so he thing. always has to, like, have a, like, flamethrower with him. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's, like, a cool application of a, like, pretty cliched, I can control fire kind of power. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, 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 like, I, 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 it makes it more tactical. It's not just brainless, I shoot fire. Yeah, 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 where you're, yeah you're not just like, I'm going to come over here and mess you up. So the Avengers win the fight, even though they... Lost the war, I guess, because the seeks on the loose. Uh, but they go to the X Mansion to meet uh, Carol, and they're all like, "Oh, they actually have to uh, clear to clear out because Carol wants to leave them alone." But then she's like, "Oh, how's the baby? I mean, not how's the baby? Uh, how's Marcus?" They're all in very '80s swimsuits. Yeah, just kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> it was the '80s. 80s. It was yeah. the 80s. They were swimming in pools, doing like. No, but cool I mean, things. like, it's just weird to have this emotional Carol Danvers oh, scene yeah. in like a like a, a bathing no, suit. I, I like that though because it, it shows how impromptu this was. Yeah, and it's yeah. also it, it contrasts with what I was complaining about last issue that everyone's in superhero costumes all the time, <laughs> even when go. it's not appropriate. And that's, that's one thing about Chris Claremont is he uh, was we'll, we'll going to the X Men shoes. He has an entire issue where no one's in fucking costume. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. Yeah. So like uh, she, Carol uh, confronts the Avengers. She's like, "How's Marcus? How's how's your romance?" And she also says that uh, she doesn't like emotionally remember everything, but Pre- Professor Xavier helped her piece together her memories. So like, yes. she remembers everything that happened, even if it's more like she read a story of it yeah. and not necessarily like yeah. she was there. Yeah, and that's important because uh, even though she uh, she knows what happened, it's like reading somebody else's life. She, she doesn't have any emotion to yeah. those memories. And she basically freaks out the Avengers. She smacks Storm. She says. You guys did nothing while Marcus fucking raped me. Fuck you all, basically. Yeah. And she explains what, what Avengers should have, should have fucking known. I didn't love Marcus. I never loved Marcus. Don't any of yeah. you realize what happened months ago, what Marcus did to me, and that yeah. she had no choice when she went with him? Because she was like, he has mind-controlling abilities. He also idiots. explicitly quotes the issue, and he says, he told you yeah. with a subtle boost from Amortis' machines, he succeeded. Yeah. So, like, Claremont obviously is directly pulling from this yeah, issue. Yeah, he read that like, and was Fuck like, you, Jim Shooter. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to crucify you with this. <laughs> Thing. I did, I'm like, hey, wait a second. And Shama yeah. has to show fuck you this issue was. Like, she just, Marcus just died off panel. He, he, so he went to back to Limbo. It shows that he was out of sync with Limbo with his new body and he just melted immediately. Yeah, he just kept, yeah, he just kept growing yeah. old. So he just, in a few days, he turned to dust. Yeah. And they're like, why didn't you contact us when you got here? And she's like, I never wanted to see you, any of you again. I hated you. When I needed you most, you betrayed me. <clears throat> Yeah, and so basically she's just like, get out of here. And like, is there anything we can do? And she's just like, I'd rather just be myself. And this issue ends with them being like, we're supposed to be heroes and we fucked up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is the Avengers at their lowest. We need to try to strive to be better. So uh, they do try to make it seem like it has some kind of moral, but it really is just fuck you, Avengers. You it is up. fuck you, Avengers. Because yeah. like, especially like at the end, <laughs> Professor X and whoever that is is watching from the window. That's and they're Spider like, Woman. Yeah. Oh, and they're like, we care about the this situation. And the Avengers are like, oh, shucks, we suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we messed up. Whoops. And Oopsie Professor Daisy. X, the X, yeah, the X-Men character is like, Yes, I. This is obviously bad. Yeah, yeah, and this is, and right after this, Claremont's like, Carol Danvers is part of the X Men universe now. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm gonna make her a real character again. Yeah, and now we move on to the Uncanny X Men. So, like we yeah. said, we're gonna be uh, talking about one. 
158 and some material from 161, right? Yeah, so the tough part the thing about doing Carol is her story is always entwined with a lot of continuity. Mm-hmm. And uh, this would be a good example because the time with X-Men involves her becoming a new hero. Also, I think we've talked about this on the show that, like, pick up an issue of X-Men more so than anything else, and you'll have no idea what the hell's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, like, it was really hard to pick some things that were emblematic of Carol's time because she goes through like being a bunch of different identities and has a lot of cosmic stories, but they're part of like 10 part stories that we just can't do in this mm-hmm. format. Yeah. So we actually edited down issue 158 because it's part of a larger event called the Brood Saga, which is basically the X-Men fight the aliens from the alien movies. Uh-huh. Uh, and You mean Marcus? <laughs> and uh, the part we're cutting out is part where the, realize, the X-Men realize that the government, this is when like the mutants really start getting prejudice against them. Uh, so they're like, we gotta erase our files from the Pentagon because we don't know when they're gonna start being used against yeah, us. Yeah, they mentioned Senator Robert Kelly from yeah. the show. I pick up all this stuff from the show. <laughs> so they go to the Pentagon, and by they, we mean Storm, uh, Carol Danvers, and Wolverine in a Canadian army costume. It's like, <laughs> why, why would this work? Well, you could be like, I'm, tr- I'm transferring or something. He also <laughs> transferring did from work. Canada. He, he did also work for the Canadian government when he was part of, like, Agent H or whatever. Was I know, but why would he be in the Pentagon? Whatever. But, uh, but, but more importantly, Carol is the one that really lets them in. She's the one with the credentials because she was right. in the military service. And they're like, hey, you metal detector readings. And he's like, I've got some metal in my skeleton. Yeah, well, Wolverine is like that. It's supposed to be a tense page. Like, Wolverine, please don't stab everyone as the investigation. <laughs> like, no, no, it's okay, guys. I got uh, injury in Nam or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. So then they're, they're this was pretty ridiculous. They're just walking through the, the Pentagon. We don't exactly know why they're here, right? Oh, they, they, no, they, they mentioned they need to reach the prime data bank to they, do, they do that something. Earlier? They don't. But I, I, I think maybe I've left the page out. But they do, they do explain pre- previously they need to delete their info from the Pentagon. Okay. Yeah. So, so they go, yeah, they, they're walking to the Pentagon and they just bump into Carol specifically bumps <laughs> into some lady who says, "My fault, Colonel. I should have looked you." It's, it's, it's Rogue. I've no, I, coincidentally, she runs into Rogue. I yeah, she not just runs into. She literally bumps into her. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Rogue slaps. So the explanation Carol. in the issue is that Mystique and Rogue are both here for kind of the same thing. They're, like, infiltrating the database. Yeah, it is silly that uh, Rogue is at a water fountain that Carol bumps into. Yeah. But, like, they do explain why they're here. It's not just like, oh, I happen to be here, too. Like, they're here for the same purpose. And Mystique, this this was Mystique's uh, role in Pentagon was her secret identity during the Miss Marvel run. When she was Miss Marvel's mm-hmm. enemy uh, mm-hmm. in the Pentagon, so right. like they show up later too. Yeah. So Wolverine tries to tackle Rogue, and uh, she kisses him and steals his power, and then Storm zaps Rogue, and Carol grabs a gun off a random <laughs> soldier. He's like, "Give me this, gentleman!" And she starts just shooting Rogue in the chest, and she's like, "Ha ha! I'm yeah." You know, she has I Ms. forgot she's Miss Marvel now. All that yeah. I was, yeah. she is, and will be. And forever. will be forever. Yeah. And so basically, the people in the Pentagon are like, what the fuck is happening? And they see these mutants start to fight. There's, like, ice from Storm, and she's blowing people away. <laughs> and uh, they're, like, fucking mutants. And, then- <laughs> and even, like, Carol thinks, like, she's like, ugh, the X-Men came here to try to, like, help their cause, and this is gonna make mutants look even worse. I <laughs> fucked up so to, to, bad. To, to be fair, like, what was she supposed to do? Like, Rogue saw her. She ran into, Rogue ran into Carol. Like, what, are they gonna do not fight each other? Well, yeah. this is when Carol's per- uh, characterization that I really like starts getting built and coming mm-hmm. to play, where she's, like, 
like she's almost like a Hal Jordan type figure where she's like this aggressive, rash character that kind of like yeah. lets her temper get the best of her sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that, especially when it comes to women characters in comics, they're like very rarely allowed to do that. Like there's very rarely like the brash, like fly off the handle kind of hothead character. It's very rare to have characters like that that are heroes and not villains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And especially for women characters, like we see the like hothead flyboy character for men all the time, but it's very rare that you see, especially someone from military background for women and that this is when claremont builds carol's character that i mm-hmm. that she sticks with for like decades and i really really like this characterization mm-hmm. yeah so the x-men being storm wolverine eventually nightcrawler jumps in start fighting rogue uh and while carol sneaks off to delete to complete the mission basically they fight it's cool uh Ro- yeah. uh <laughs> with nick fury which, which she did three like the, the couple issues prior in the one we oh, yeah, just she, read that she turned to drop nick fury on. again to, oh no that was to get spider woman yeah she got to drop <laughs> yeah. on, on spider woman by being nick fury but it makes more sense <laughs> here like, this idea that she's like giving Nick Fury a bad name to every hero. <laughs> so she she becomes Nick Fury and she shoots Miss Marvel in the face apparently. Yeah. It like it clearly like grazes. Yeah, her. The, yeah. the line is like away from her face of the bullet. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. Mystique thinks she's dead. Yeah. She's laying there and Mystique walks over and she's like, I should of course I have to say this. Yeah. I'll administer a coup de gras just to make sure. <laughs> and then uh Carol kicks her and says, you know, looks her deceiving Buster. And she gets her back into her because Nick Fury turns into Storm and then they wrestle some more. And then she finds out it was Mystique and then Mystique and she's gets like, Fuck captured. You, Mystique. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, when the X Men are still fighting, everyone's watching. You have people in the background. Oh, we also get a, a cool part during this fight where Rogue tries to steal uh, Storm's powers and, like, can't control them. And it's like Storm's been training to use her powers since she was a little kid. And then, you know, and Rogue just, like, kind of loses it. And, like, it's just, it's, again, more of Claremont doing fight scenes that might not be super, like, interesting for us to describe. But every time there's a moment in a fight, it, like, is a character moment. It matters. It has Something's a good happening pace to that, it. Yeah. yeah. And, and when, when Rogue goes crazy, like, she's, like, mixing a flood and all the X-Men get swept away. Like, there's a sequence to, to things happening. Yeah. Yeah, and then she, uh, Carol's going through the files. It's funny, they come to arrest Mystique. And they're like, and she's like, "Don't worry, I'll uh, secure this secret computer vault. Uh, see ya." <laughs> and then Carol's looking through the machine, and she's like, "Oh, Carol Danvers and Miss Marvel file accidentally opened these. Uh, I'm gonna erase them." She said, "My, my subconsciously working overtime. Like she subconsciously brought her own files instead of the X Men." Well, files. she said <laughs> that she used her old access codes. Yeah. That's yeah. why it came up. So she logged in with her old Carol Danvers login. And so. this is her character moment where she's like, "You know, the women they represent here are strangers to me. I, I you know, basically know about them, but." I'm not them. Yep, she doesn't and feel it. They died. Yeah, they yeah. died. And so she says, she deletes them and says, uh, now I have a future. I, I exist now and I can l- like live in the future. As an um, X-Man, as she goes yeah. back to see the other X-Men. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't last for too long. And she also deletes the X-Men's yeah. history. She yeah. doesn't just delete her own and then pieces. She does completely. It's funny how there's like there's like tanks and stuff like rolling into the Pentagon, and I'm, I'm like, how did the X-Men get away? And then you see Nightcrawler as a blue man waving in the distance, like, hey, over here. <laughs> he's in his Nightcrawler outfit, too, he's having to get Everyone's in their outfit. Like, well, I assume he did teleport them to the car. Yeah. She's in the parking lot. They're not yeah. like right out front. Yeah. That's true. Doesn't matter. Uh, he's and then because because it's X-Men and just to really drive home how convoluted it always is, she's like, uh, and they are too in a way today. I finally laid my ghost to rest. I'm free to begin my life anew. I don't know where I'll end up, but I'll lay but I'll lay odds. It'll be an interesting trip. Next issue, Dracula. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah. I think next issue is the Dracula issue we covered already. Yeah, I was yeah, it is. About that, whether or not that was the one, I'm like, are, do, are they fighting him again? Or no, that, I think this is the one we covered already. So go check out Face of Vicious Halloween special from whatever year. 2016, yeah. I think. Small oh world. God. Small so, world. Eventually, we'll have read all comics. Yeah. yeah so uh, obviously, Rogue is a bitch, right? She'll never join the X Men because fuck her. Well, but, she's a villain. Why would a villain join the? Oh no, issue 171. What's happening? Welcome to the X Men Rogue. Hope you survived the experience. <laughs> it's all the X Men yeah. chasing after Rogue on the cover. And so it starts off just like with the X Men doing the X Men things. And I was starting to read this. And I'm like, this seems really familiar to me. Like, especially Professor X uh, exercising with Lalandra, his alien lover, oh my or whatever. God. I'm like, this definitely, this doesn't, ha- this, this can't have happened twice. Such a comic thing because Professor X is in a clone body so that he can get, like, his, he can walk again, but his legs still don't work for some reason. Uh, no joke. When I read this issue, and we're only covering about half of it, but when I read this page, I was like, oh, Sly, you know that Phil and Daryl are going to bitch about this. <laughs> We cut out half of this comic, by the way. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. In this issue, they go to Danger Room and they go to Hell and they fight Costa's <laughs> uh, 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 sister's demon lover from Hell. And they, like, we cut out all that shit. That was bitching, but we spared him so much. <laughs> I thought, okay, I thought it, it could be kind of, it could be, it can make sense. It's a psych, a psychological thing. People get that. Sure, it's just the fact that he's in like a clone body. I was just, I was getting flashbacks to Lex Luthor being in a clone body in Death yeah. of Superman and stuff. Where I was like, yeah. yeah. Ah. I mean, especially because it's with Professor. His wife, who's the empress of a, an alien race, like I get it, I get it. Yeah, it's very out there. But... See, that and that's why it's almost like okay, like I get it. You fall for an empress of a human race, but it's like you have to be in a cl- your brain's in a clone body. I'm like, she because like why would you if you have an empress alien? Why would you not get a clone body with her? She can make it obviously. <laughs> But this stuff was so weird that I was like, I, I, "There's no way I'm imagining having read this before." Like, <laughs> uh, unless it's possible that this this exact scene is played out where Colossus is making breakfast with them while this is happening. <laughs> but that's, and, like, that's why this this just shows why I like Class Claremont because this whole issue, no one's in fucking costumes. It's all the X Men at home lounging around. Mm-hmm. Colossus yeah. is making breakfast, yeah. trying to figure out a cookbook. Even when Colossus meddles up, he's in pajamas. I love that. He yeah. So he Professor X like telepaths to him and is like, "Go into the door, Colossus." And he's like, "Since he said Colossus, he's expecting danger." And he opens the door as a metal pajama man and he sees Rogue and he's like you and she's like don't hit me please and so they bring her inside and all the X-Men are looking at her and she's like yeah like uh, I- I'm scared I-, I you know I absorbed Carol Danvers last year and I absorbed her powers but I accidentally got her like you know memories and stuff too her feelings. yeah Professor X tries to mind read her but he's like you possess two diametrically opposed thought patterns I can't read so your like, mind so he's like, yeah. even, even Professor X can't verify her trustworthiness basically yeah. And she's starting to yeah. feel like her powers are out of control. The slightest touch triggers, like, transfer. It's basically what you know about Rogue. Like, she can't touch anyone. But now, like, before it was, she, like, it was only, only, only upside. And she used to just lower over people. Now she's realizing that's a downside. She can't even do anything about it. Yeah, about, and then uh, Professor X is like, oh, we'll help you. And all the other X are like, fuck off, Professor X. Like, are you yeah, serious? Well, <laughs> I, I, I love this. While she's talking, she's giving a spe- passionate speech about how she, she's, she's being torn in two. All the X are interjecting, like, fuck you. So, yeah, yeah. And Nightcrawler's like, it's an app punishment for your crime. <laughs> yeah, I love and, that. Too. Yeah, and like everyone's like, no, fuck you. And Professor X is like, yeah, but he like he makes the case like we're the whole point is we're supposed to be helping mutants. She's a mutant, you know. We have to help her out. I accept your dislike and distrust of her, but I'd rather not conduct an examination with such concentrated negative emotions. You guys leave. But and he also makes the point that he's like, if she's evil, would you rather her around us where we could keep an eye on her and help her be good, or just send her out on you know? out into the world to be picked up by Mystique again. 
they're arguing about this for a while, and then, of course, Carol Danvers is like, hey, I'm binary now, that's my new hero <laughs> power, I can control white holes, what the fuck yeah, does so that mean? Yeah, so, binary, she, she got that power during the story arc we, we, we just covered, uh, wait, 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 say, when she became, when she went to an alien space and fought the alien. Guys, uh, what is a white hole? Please don't me. <laughs> binary, binary, uh, if you spread, want to explain... Spread your butt cheeks like in the mirror. <laughs> binary's, uh, 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 that's binary's, a brown dwarf. <laughs> binary is actually... Carol's probably her best identity because it's easiest to explain. She's basically just a living star. And yeah. like, yeah. If, if why not just gonna... use a real star then? Why not say I can I can channel the power of yeah. a white dwarf star or something? Yeah, right? I, I wish they would say that. But, uh, but if, if you see if you when you see her appearance, she looks like a fucking star. She's uh, cool. Her powers are like a star. And uh, one thing I like about it, we talk about how she was very abrasive and angry. Her skin is red while she's binary, so she, it communicates her personality very well mm. just yeah. by her. And her head is like on fire. Yeah, yeah like yeah. binary by far. When I talk about how. Captain Marvel has no like cohesive identity behind it. Binary is the opposite of that. It should have been her main identity because it has the most cohesive, clear cut yeah. identity behind it. Mm-hmm. Her career. And she shows up. She's like, "What's going well, on?" X Men. Well, before and she that, sees... we get like a very important scene, which I like, where it's her visiting her parents, and she's just oh, like, yeah, it's, "It's all formalities and stuff." And as she walks away, she's thinking to herself, like, she doesn't have like the feelings. Like it's sort of like if I told you two random people were your parents, you wouldn't be like. Oh, I love these people. It's fun to hang around them. You're like, yeah, I guess those are my parents. And, the, yeah. and she's like, I remember who I was, but when I see them, like, it's just like seeing like an actor that you know, yep. like it's like seeing like an actor in a movie that I really like. I have no emotional connection. Yep. And and the parents, I can tell that well, her mom at least can tell something different, and like uh, that, that that crushes Carol because she can't even hide the fact that she's distant from them. Like, yeah. they sense to disconnect from from. And Cl- Claremont manages to have me give more of a shit about Carol Danvers in this one page <laughs> yeah. than anyone has in this whole episode so <laughs> yeah. far. I love Chris Claremont. Just, yeah. just hot he's take, good. You know, <laughs> but 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 before Carol returns to the house, Professor X tells. The X Men. I want. I want. I'm not part of just a school, but I want to be part of the X Men. It's a probationary member. This is. And, I was like, you're fucking great. And Storm <laughs> is like. Storm is just like. Storm is like that too. Storm is like, no, I'm yeah. leave the X Men. You can't just put me on my fucking team. That's gonna kill us all. <laughs> fucking bastards. Yeah, you're supposed to be. We're supposed to be a team that's all cohesive and working together, and we we can't trust that someone on our team won't try to kill us. <laughs> and then yeah. Binary but, shows up. She opens the door, and then you get like a single small panel of just like the peaceful X Mansion sitting there, and then a massive picture of just Rogue getting punched into the space. Into yeah. space, yeah. literally. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, she is pretty fucking strong. Yeah. yeah. They, the Rogue comes down, and uh, Binary, and they're fighting each other. Colossus grabs Binary, and he's like, you, you need to calm down. And that's when Professor X explains that, like, she's here to get help. She's under my protection. And that, that's what I love, about, what I love about this page is because Professor X is just a good-natured human being. He wants to help Rogue, but... To Carol, uh, like she says, I wouldn't have thought you were capable of such cruelty. Like to her, like this is unbelievable. Her, her this is where X Men were only friends after yeah. what happened to her, and now they're all siding with Rogue over her. Like the room ruins her life, and they're all trying to make her. Yeah, it's it's like, like a, it's kind of like another Avengers situation where you expect these people not to ally with the enemy of you, and they keep doing it. But but it's like Professor X's good nature is making him him do this. But like Carol, it, it makes you feel sympathetic for Carol because mm-hmm. she obviously can't understand. Like the person who destroyed her life now is like saying, "I'm a good guy now." Let me join your team. She also feels like she got betrayed by the Avengers first, and now, now her uh, her enemy who 
literally ruined her life is just, like, yeah, exactly. They're, they're like, yeah. hey, we're, we're going to put her on the team with you. What do you think about that? Yeah. And yeah. one of the things that I really like about this scene, too, is when she's in binary form, like, she's, you, you can't tell that it's Carol Danvers. And the whole time, Rogue's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I even know who you are. Like, like, we've never even met before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And binary, like, you know, powers down, and it's Carol. And Rogue just says in a very small word bubble, oh, Carol Danvers. Yeah. And then they start talking, and this is when. Yeah, Storm says, Professor, if Rogue stays, I'm leaving. And Nightcrawler's like, yeah, me too. Fuck this shit. <laughs> and then Professor X says, so I see. So we choose who we help, we don't. So, so people are worthless, we are now. Like, what if we did to Wolverine? Like, Wolverine was this dangerous, violent criminal. What if we turned, like, now he's a hero. Like, what if we turned him away when he needed him most, too? When he wanted to redeem himself. Uh, is that what we're going to do? We're going to pick who we want and we just let people cast people aside when we don't want to help them? Give him and Professor to- X says, I will never leave any mutant behind so long as I'm alive. No matter yeah. who they are. Yeah. And yeah. next we find acquiesce, and they're like, "Fine, we'll 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 let her be on the team, but we don't we'll never like yeah. her." Fuck I will have to like her. Yeah, they're like, "We trust you, Professor X." That's why we're doing it. And yeah. Professor X turns to Carol. He's like, "Carol." <laughs> and she says, "What do you want from me, Charles? Understanding, approval? I'll concede one, but not the other." Rogue tore my life, my very soul, to shreds, and those scales can never be balanced. I'm sorry, I'm just not that forgiving. I have nothing to lose here, Charles. No real ties to break. That makes my decision easy. I'm not an X-Man, and all of a sudden, I'm glad. And she leaves. And basically tells him to just fuck off. Yeah, she goes into space after this, basically. She's like, she basically fucks off Earth after this point. Yeah. Also, sorry to the writers, uh, white holes apparently are a theoretical, potentially real thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they're like hypothetical reverse black holes. <laughs> but probably they read about that once and like, that's so fucking I was going to say, like, this? there's so much stuff that's taken from, like, theoretical science yeah. that they love to grab. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite part of this comic we're doing is that it was a 1998 comic, and the ads made me feel like a kid again. And it was the final for like, tactics ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's an ad for an Oreo stacking contest, which I won at my local King Cullen uh, supermarket when I was a kid. Wow. <laughs> really? It was just for everyone. It's final tactics and uh, and there's a Blasto <laughs> ad, which is my first PlayStation One game. Wow. Would you, man, 1998 was informative. It was it a was good a- time for everyone, but poor Carol Danvers, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this story has like I was actually really interested in the subplot because oh so we're doing iron man number seven yep. by kirk Busaic. this is from 1998 and then avengers so, number seven just to quickly sum up the history from this point on carol went back to, finally after all these years went back to earth she lost her powers uh yeah, of course. not completely but for the most part and now she became a warbird a new identity and she rejoined the avengers for like four issues oh my god <laughs> only four <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so th- that's uh, that's why I want to do it because it shows like how much I took, how long it took her to finally recover from her messed up life, basically. And this this yeah. story is basically like the overarching plot is. Yeah, we're covering issue one and four of Live Cree or Die. <laughs> yeah, I love that name. And it's, <laughs> it's good. It's the Cree. They go. They're the big blue people from outer space. The uh, Captain Mar- Marvel was uh, one of them. Marvel was oh, our oh, famous yeah, Cree. Yeah. yeah, all the Cree, all, like the Cree, basically wiped out during the Avengers. Of Events, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the, these basically remnants of the, these radical like Cree young people were like, we're going to bring back the Cree Empire. We're we're f- fired up, and they, they, they hijacked the Cree, Cree Supreme Intelligence, believing he wants them to do what they're doing. But yeah, he's the leader of the Cree. He's just a big brain in a jar that tells them what to do. And he apparently yeah. got killed by the Avengers or something. Yeah, they're debating to kill him because there's a big event called Galactic Storm where they're debating killing the Cree Cree Supreme Intelligence. They ended up not doing it, but like, how do you the, not do that? <laughs> well, that's that's how the debate. Like some of them were like, we can't just kill the leader of a, of a galaxy. While people were like, yeah, we should. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Like. Fuck you, Captain America. Like, fuck your values. Like, <laughs> this is a practical thing. 
And so uh, the, the Creed thought that that's what they did. But in the story, these young radicals are trying to turn Earth into... Basically transform human DNA into Creed DNA and make Earth the new Creed, Creed home uh, empire. They're trying to evolve humans into like better Creed than even yeah. they are. And, and Carol Danvers is at the center of this because yeah. she's half human, half Creed. Mm-hmm. So they like want to study her DNA. Yeah, they use her DNA to create the, the thing yeah. to do it. Yeah, And so it's, and you have like Iron Man going... like Since he's in the neighborhood, he stops by Carol Danvers' house. Talks to her mom. And this is, I feel like, such a perfect metaphor for Carol because she like has all these tragedies, and she like, even though she's part of this big superhero universe, she has to like live, move back in with her parents, yeah, and like just have her old high school bedroom, yeah, yeah. And then well, she didn't go. She actually said she has nowhere else to go, really. No, that wasn't like a dig. Like yeah, I think no, that, that, is, that is powerful. I'm, 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 I'm acquiescing. I'm like building up your point. I'm not the argument. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Iron Man shows up, and they're talking about like her that she always had like a fascination with. Uh, old warplanes and stuff. And this is also when Tony says Tony Stark is Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She didn't know that. He, he reveals herself to her. In this yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they do another huge mess of, like, two-page backstory stuff of, like, ah, uh, and then I was abducted. Like I, I really yeah. like how everyone that talks about, like, Marcus, they just it completely got rid of that. That's your son. It's like, and then I was abducted by this one really bad person. Yeah. yeah. And I remember reveals herself to her because uh, Carol was already, like, on the outs with the team at this point mm-hmm. because uh, she was getting drunk all the time. Yeah, and, so that's, uh, that's her new thing is, that's her new vice is she just gets drunk and, like, is a bad teammate she says like she she has no connection to her past like that's why she named herself her new name is warbird at this time she calls herself that to give herself connection to her military past a little bit but she says she has nothing to connect to her past all she had was the stars now she, she lost her power she has nothing left basically she's just mm-hmm. all she has to do is, does is drink and iron man is an alcoholic recovering alcoholic yeah so it's like uh you gotta be careful and then she immediately bursts into like her costume and starts yelling at him you decided to pigeonhole me oh i'm an alcoholic right that's fine that's yeah. like, anyway, fuck you. i i really love this scene because she just starts immediately yelling at him and she like flies up so that she gets to yell down at yeah. him yeah. and she's like it's easy isn't it you're an alcoholic so anyone you know who drinks must be an alcoholic too saves you the trouble of thinking about it and he's like no 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 and she's like sure i take a drink or two i've earned it but it doesn't affect me not for long the energy in my metabolism burns it off right mm-hmm. away and he's like come on carol you don't believe that but as rationalization <laughs> yeah. as rationalizations go it and she's like get out of my house yeah. before i rip that armor off and throw you back to new york i'm not what i was but i don't have to take this yeah. It's such an interesting scene because, like, that's a common thing that alcoholics like lash out when you have the intervention. They're like, "No, it's I'm rationalizing it this other way." But like, from a superhero perspective, her being like, "Oh, my white hole powers metabolize." Yeah, it's like, like it could almost make sense. Like, in yeah, this scene, beer. you only see like the two beers, and you're like, maybe he is overreacting because he just, you know, whatever. there's yeah, a like, third one up on her desk. Okay. Oh yeah, three beers. <laughs> As Phil says, with three beers next to him. What does that make you an alcoholic? Yeah, you want to play with a bad teammate? I'll show you. <laughs> but it's the classic. It's the classic trope, though. One of the alcoholic bottles is turned over on its side next to her bed. Oh. That means she's she's drunk. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Tony Stark goes over and he has to see like an old friend to find out like they're had like an energy firm. It was actually. I was really interested in this story as I was reading it because it, it like all these bits and pieces of it were fascinating. Like I didn't know that Pepper Potts was married to Happy. Did you know that? What a surprise! <laughs> I, I was so uh, I was torn uh, to do the whole story, but we we got like the most important parts out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Captain America issue and the uh, Quicksilver issue aren't that great, but because uh, uh, because this first part and this fourth part are written by Kurt Busiek. Yeah. Uh, oh my actually, god, they're spread uh, over four different comics. Yeah, so, and I haven't read this, but this is considered like one of the best 
like one of the best Iron Man runs, and like yeah. Kirby's Sake is like really one of the great. Yeah, I, yeah, I enjoyed why I read it. Like this is whenever we do the thing at the end of like, would you read more? I would read more of this run. Yes, because that's a good thing because um, this is the run. Remember I mentioned Genesis Fell when he stopped being a '90s Edge Lord. Yeah. It was part of uh, Kirby's Sake's Avengers run. That's when Genesis became the adult of Genesis. Um, yeah, like that was that. Like he was the one who really got rid of all the '90s shit and made it more about character focus again. Mm. Yeah. So Iron Man goes to see this woman who's like secretly helping out one of the Kree guys, but it's because her company's failing, so that she needs to take like their money, I guess. And then Carol, in the middle of the meeting, bursts through the window like drunk and decides to want to yeah. fight. Tony Stark, Mister Tony yeah. Stark, with your good looks and your fancy technology and all your money, <laughs> we can just take out the America and not get me Tony out of Avengers either. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I can find you, did you? And, and, just... and, and she's yelling. Yeah, I'm lifting up just the Kree burst through the door. And they're like, Legionnaires to arms! And they decide... Yeah. They found out about us. Yeah. They think the Avengers are raiding the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. So then they all, like, fight, and the, the Kree summon, like, a big monster machine to, to fight them. Yeah, it's, it's a Sentry, sensible. which is it's actually Captain Marvel. Sentry, it's, it's Captain Marvel's first enemy that he fights in this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so they fight the Sentry, and uh, Captain Mar- uh, Iron Man wins. But Carol chases after the fleeing Kree. But that's how they get the Carol gets captured. That's how they get the, the plans for her, the make everyone Kree shit. Yeah, and then we skip ahead to like the end, the the fourth of Live Kree or Die. Uh, just real quick, one other thing yeah. I just want to say about Iron Man's characterization in here: a lot of his inner narration isn't like accusatory or mean towards Carol. It's like I've been there. I recognize the desperation mm-hmm. in her voice, and like, and yeah, the smell of alcohol on her breath really makes me want to drink too. And like. I, I understand everything she's going through, but I have to, like, go fight supervillains. I wish I could be there for her, but, like, I gotta fight big robots. And also, like, you know, there's, a, there's a sense, like, he wants to help, but uh, he, he doesn't know how to do without imposing. Mm-hmm. And that, that theme is augmented by him and Pepper, because Pepper is divorcing her, her husband, Happy, at this point. And she's just like, you always want to help uh, Tony, but get the fuck out of my relationship, basically. So, yeah. like, so, so it has this theme of Tony wanting to help, but like, mm-hmm. everyone's like, get the fuck out of my, my business. Fuck you. Yeah, it was a good, like, B-plot. I was interested in seeing where that yeah. goes. But then we jump to the end of Live, Cree, or Die, and it's Carol meeting with the Avengers, and they're basically trying to decide whether or not to keep her on the team as an active member or not. Yeah, she's being court-martialed. Yeah, the story's called the court-martial of Carol Danvers. Yeah, and so they bring up, like, all the things that happened. Like, Iron Man's like, I saw you sneaking drinks, and then Captain America talks about how reckless she was against, like, two other villains and stuff. Yeah, and that, like, her powers were fluctuating, and she didn't tell anybody, so when they needed to rely on her, she, like... Her powers weren't where they were supposed to be. When she fought Power Princess. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, the, when, when she fought, when she, when Quicksilver comes in uh, and he's like here because uh, he was there to help. And what happened was uh, during his crossover, he's, he's the one that saved Carol. And she was, she, she was like, she was like drunk out of her mind. And she's like, you stay here. Don't do anything. And Carol's like, I'm fine. She, she basically drank some Cree alcohol. <laughs> and she, she basically showed up in the, in, the, in the main base. She's like, I'm here. I'm going to save the day. She starts blowing everything up. And she blew up Lockjaw by accident. <laughs> Inhuman's dog by accident, and Quicksilver's like a stupid goddamn drunk. And we see here just to tell the Avengers, get this fucking drunk off. Your yeah, team, basically. <laughs> that's what I liked about it. Is they said like when you were on the moon, you found a way to get drunk as like excuse me. <laughs> yeah, hey, it happens, man. Yeah, and then they ask her to like defend herself, and then she's like, uh, it's all crock, all of it from the beginning to end. She makes a few mistakes, Fake but everyone news. does it. Yep. 
I've done pretty well. I'm the one who exposed the Corrupter. I'm the one who found the Kree. I'm the one that blew up their power unit. And that's the funny thing because she did, like, uh, that's the whole entire story. Like, she is the one that's, like, uh, sets everything up that they're able to figure out what's going on in the first place. <laughs> but she fucks it up halfway during each, each story arc. But she's like, ah, oh, you, you, you will all be speaking Kree videos for me. And yeah. Avengers are like, really? That's your defense? <laughs> yeah, they're all shocked. So then they all take votes and they're all like, uh, no, like, we, we can't let you stay on the team. We just don't agree. And she has, like, a stern face for most of it except when Wanda Scarlet Witch starts talking. The one's the only one that actually was trying to be friends with her when she was an Avenger. Yeah. And she said when Carol joined the, the first time she and I became friends and when she left us the way she left us it broke my heart. I beg you Carol as a friend who loves you get some help now if not through us down your own. I know you can beat this thing but only if you'll try. Then they get interrupted because uh, they find out about the Kree Master Plan on the moon now. Yeah, and and this is this is really interesting because what happens is the rest of the issue concludes with the Avengers having to fight the Kree and to stop their Master Plan. Yeah, because yeah. the, the main thing that happens before that is they're like, we got to go on this mission, and Cap is like, Warbird, you're benched because you're you can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. So she says, you know what, this kangaroo court is bullshit. I quit. Yeah. yeah, and so the Avengers go off, and the rest of the comic takes place with the Avengers basically solving the problem and stopping the Kree from shooting a big laser that'll transform everyone into yeah, Kree. Yeah, solving the problem means fighting the Kree army. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just a huge brawl. Like, And again, it's kind of a cool fight, but it's just so It's no long. Chris Claremont. No, it's no Chris Claremont, <laughs> and it's just so much... It's a, a lot of that just, like, they're they're shouting cool things as they fight. Like, But while they're fighting, though, there's a there's a parallel plot of Carol Danvers just, like, on a dock with, like, a duffel bag. And she's like, you know, you've come a long way. You've done all these different things. And it's all because, you know, and you lost everything because you... And she says, no, it wasn't me. It was them. Them and their priggish, hypocritical double standards. Thor drinks mead, doesn't he? Hawkeye drinks thing, beer. by the way. During the court martial, <laughs> I was like... You're a fucking like Norse god. Like you're definitely <laughs> known for partying. Yeah. yeah. So then she's like, you know what? I'll show him. I'll show him I can help. And she just goes to fly to the moon herself. Which she yeah, she's like, can't I'll... breathe in space. <laughs> That's yeah. Because her, her powers are on the fritz now. She used to be able to. And, like, oh, okay. So she's like, yeah. oh, they, they think they're going to take this line down. They're for a root shock. I'll just fly up there, prove I got what it takes. And then when dust settled, they'll baby to come back. I'll I'll tell them they can stick the crappy team. I'll show them. But like Daryl yeah. says, uh, the thing I love about it is because, and the reason why I want to do it is because in the, like a worse like 60 story, she would just come back and everything would be fine. Like, she'd redeem her. herself. Yeah. She's like, I swear yeah. off alcohol. Here, let me save you guys. Yeah, you expect this to be a four-issue arc where she realizes she has a problem and everything gets fixed mm-hmm. and, you know, she saves the day. Yeah. Yeah, but instead, the Avengers seems to be all on their own and she just passes out halfway to the moon and lands back on Earth. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was, it's very like said, especially because it, it's being told in like parallel with everything that's happening. So you're expecting her to show up and her to be needed for some scene that shows up later, but it doesn't happen. Like it ends with her sitting in a bar and it's like on the TV, it's like the Avengers face down an alien threat. And she's just thinking to herself like that. They didn't need her at all. And not only yeah. did they not need her, but they, they said, we need all the manpower we can get. Call up the reserves. So these all these characters, I'm like, who the fuck are these people? Yeah. Justice, who is Marvel Boy number three? <laughs> oh, I was wondering who that is. Yeah. And, but then, and then this guy at the bar is like, hey, Danvers, you've been sitting there staring at that drink for like three hours. You going to drink it or what? And she holds up the shot and she's like, I don't know, Mitch. I don't know. And that's where it ends. Yeah. And so the cool thing about this run is, like I said, she's only on the team for four issues, right? Mm-hmm. She leaves the book for 20 issues, so she's gone after this point. Mm-hmm. When she, uh, but Kurt Busiek stays on the book for so long, he eventually has her come back, and then that's when she starts her redemption arc, becoming the hero she is now. 
but she had to go get herself clean and sober before she could do any heroing ever again. And that's one thing in long comic runs, especially team books, you can have her removed for two or three years and then have her come back and you actually feel the weight of like, oh, she really did go get help. Mm. Yeah. Which is much better than, like, we talked about it, I know we talked about it on the Doctor Doom Fantastic Four issue, where, like, we see that Franklin has, like, PTSD, but then he, like, kind of gets over it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, it's like starting to work on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but seeing that, you know, it's taking more than one arc for her to get her shit together is, like, I think that's, that's like, something that a serialized media, medium could do better than anything else. Mm-hmm. So that's the fall of Carol Danvers. Uh, Join us next time when we do... Cal Danvers, after she recovers from all of this bullshit and becomes kind of a more traditional hero, but still haunted by some of the stuff we covered in this issue, especially Rogue, especially her time as Warbird when she was a drunk. Yes. Do they just try to erase Marcus and forget that that ever happened? No, that's, that's when they <laughs> like Carol. I think they probably, they probably erased her by now at this point, with, with now they're trying to make her into a movie. But for the longest time, uh, her history was very important to her character. Oh. That's definitely one of the things, like, when I think about, like, rebooting the universe, that's one of those things, like, I would completely shelve and, like, like delete. I was wondering, every time they had her get her memories drained, erase her memory from, or erase her files from the, like, the Pentagon thing, I was like, are they trying to do reboots here? Like, yeah. they kept bringing it back up. That's what I like about it, because it's not a reboot, it's not a reboot, it's just her trying to deal with her new yeah. blank yeah. slate. Well, it almost seems like it starts off, like, they can go in that direction if they want, and then... What's more fascinating about it is to have a character that is haunted by the past and is trying to overcome it. Yeah. And like like how Ryan and Sly were talking about like her character and liking her, I actually liked it. When we first started like with that first issue, I was like, I, I don't care about Carol Danvers, especially when we read that Miss Marvel issue a while back. Like, I know zero yeah. care. Whereas by the end of this, it's like, I actually really kind of enjoy her because she is such like a prickly character that like like how we saw in this issue that she failed at what she was trying to do and that's way more fascinating than like Iron Man yeah. needs to save the day he steps up and saves the day yeah well that's one thing like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode glibly that I find Carol boring <laughs> it's the current Carol that I find boring because I feel like they kind of just made her more of just this like she's not a Superman she's not a yeah Superman. she's like a Superman type character and like we talk about it all the time Superman is hard to get right as Superman like most of Superman we've read uh, like me and Ryan is not good. Like, yes. it's very rare to have good Superman. To get a, a Superman wannabe is not very easy to do. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like this stuff and this side of Carol is a lot more interesting. And, like, maybe if I was coming to her time as Captain Marvel without having any of the previous stuff, I would find it more engaging. But, like, I like her, like, this stuff so much more that I feel like her characters regressed a lot. Yeah, I kind of like I enjoy seeing her arrogance because I so infrequently see it in, like how you said, other female uh, heroines. Yeah. This is the same Captain Marvel from, like, this is the same Carol Danvers from Civil War 2. Yeah. In Civil War 2, she's incredibly boring. Like, that's not a I don't, good I didn't story. remember she was in it. <laughs> yeah, boy, she's the main opposition to Tony yeah, Stark in that. Yeah. It could have been anyone that fucking role. It could have been any fucking dork. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So we will delve into more of Carol next episode. Oh boy, we can't escape Captain Marvel. It's been like two <laughs> months of it. I'm like, I need I know, an edgelord break. <laughs> we'll be we'll be doing uh, Miss Marvel, which will be quality modern book. So mm, yes, that. she'll be the Janusvel, uh, Peter David run <laughs> of this. Uh, I, I think I just want to read X Men only. I don't like. <laughs> I'm noticing that every time we read something, I'm like. 
Are you liking it when it's X-Men? <laughs> I feel like you really just enjoy team-based specialized superpower fights. I do. I so, really uh, yeah, do. for 2019, we're going to be doing a 40-part uh, saga on Chris Claremont's X-Men. <laughs> I would fucking love it's, that. It's, I always, what's I life, it's like basically what's life force filter to read in eighth grade. <laughs> but, but I always fantasize because, like, it's always just to get because there's so much to cover. That's uh, the thing. That's the reason why we don't do a lot of X-Men on the show is just because it's really hard to pick what to do. Yeah, since we only cover a few issues to talk about. Yeah. Okay, so are, would you guys read more Carol Danvers? Depending. I feel like it depends who writes it. Yeah, yeah well, you don't have a choice, so you're going to have to. <laughs> yeah. cool. It was a false choice. <laughs> it was a false choice. Cool. But, uh, but hopefully you'll like, uh, what's his name, John Reed? Uh, Brian Reed? Brian Reed, yeah. I hope you like uh, Reed, Richards? Reed Richards? Yes, Reed Richards. Uh, Plastic Man, you mean? <laughs> no, Plastic <laughs> Man. Oh, Elongated Man. No, Mr. Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> you just list the Ryan's all favorite Ryan's favorite characters. Yeah, I just love stretching, you know. Stretching. No, the we truth. didn't list Buster Beetle, Blue Beetle, <laughs> Buster Gold, stretch. Buster Beetle Bailey, <laughs> Buster Gold, Beetle Bailey. Okay, I want to end this okay. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. So, if you guys want to hear more Captain Marvel stuff. Then you should definitely. Well, I guess you wouldn't hear it, but if you have any other Captain Marvel stories from like this era, or Miss Marvel stories, or Warbird stories, or binary stories <laughs> that you want, uh, that you stories. think are important, you should mention them in our Discord or our Facebook group because it was hard to narrow it down, and I'm always down to hear you know what you think we should have talked about, and uh, yeah, that all those links are in the show notes. And you should also check out the other shows, The Flying Machine Network, flyingmachine.network. And this week, I want to talk about Short Colorful and Loud, because they just did a very great episode on the 1990 animated Nutcracker Prince that was a weird movie, except it did have Tchaikovsky's score in it, and apparently that's easily the best part. And yesterday, they had a new episode out on Balto, which is one of my favorite movies, but uh, peek behind the curtain, we're recording this last week, so I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> but you should definitely check out all their episodes at Short Colorful and Loud. They are very excellent. And that's all I got. So thank you guys for listening to Divisive Issues. I've been erasing my past, and I don't have any emotional attachment to you guys. I've been Buster Gold. <laughs> I've been my own dad. And God damn that. And I've been an alcoholic. That I'm actually not an alcoholic because I metabolize it so fast. Pour me another one! <laughs> Don't drink to me, doesn't he? Fuck you guys. <laughs> Stay in continuity. I give you the incredible flying machine. <laughs>